What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I am not Matt. Instead, Dryson filling in this week. But I'm here to introduce the fantastic coffee addict, horror fan, and sci-fi fanatic, Darlene Sanchez. Hey, guys. Hello. Welcome, Hello. welcome. Thank you. And, and MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or, or working, working for, for the, the man. man. <laughs> you can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artist suggestions, show topic ideas. We're on MoGraph.com, MoGraph.com slash live if you want to check out the live shows and see what's coming up. And we're also on YouTube. Just check out at MoGraph and you're going to find us. We're up. We're all up in the YouTubes. So, yeah. Well, good news. We yeah. made it through the intro. Nothing we has did. uploaded yet. So, Not yet. Uh, this is a good day. Successful shoot. All yeah. right. It's you can Monday. see we're, we're Christmassy. We're Christmassy. We got the, the tree up here. We got the, the graphics, you know, like you do ready for uh the holidays and um so we got a couple things that we wanted to talk about first uh it's a uh, it's a busy week oh and i didn't put this in the notes and i just thought of it and i need to uh remind everybody uh make sure you come to the the colorado c40 meetup this thursday night uh sean astrom is going to be giving a presentation and i'm going to be there as well going to be in colorado so uh make sure you come say hi so I'm gonna book a plane ticket real quick here. Yeah, just go do that real quick. Um, also, uh, we've got some. Coincidentally, we've got we've got some things going on uh, in in MoGraph. Um, I've got a new thing out, and Dryzen has a new thing that uh, he is going to share with us. Do you want to give some? You want to give some background first before we show the video, or what do you? Want yeah, to yeah, let's do that. Uh, so stemming from Camp MoGraph, I had a really fun conversation with Amanda Russell and Dave Swain of Cream Studios, and they said, "Hey, you should you should do a podcast or something." And uh, I I am not a smart man, so instead of just doing like we're doing right now, I decided to go all in live production, fly to Virginia, like go to the nines. And so what you're about to see is a small snippet from my new podcast, which will be releasing sometime in 2023, uh, Frame One. We're talking about that. All right. Let's check it out. Uh, let's see it. Typically, when you're freelance, you are hired for a very specific part of the project. You are doing the animation. You are doing the storyboards. But rarely are you doing the entire gamut of work. Uh, was that your bread and butter? Like, was that what you guys were like when you were freelancing? And then how did that change from being a studio owner to just that precision piece to doing the entire gamut? Mm. It was an evolution um, because we had to earn... Uh, earn the trust with our existing clients that had stayed with us since be, being freelance alone. And so we really kind of had to have those conversations with them, you know, hey, we're comfortable doing this and that, and what do you, you know, come to us earlier, earlier in the, pro in the project, right. and we can kind of help you to understand what the limitations or the possibilities are of animation. Did it take a long time for that shift yes. to happen? I would say, I mean, for some, it never happened. Yeah, um, I was about we to lost say, clients. So. Yeah. yeah, 
but um, for others, uh, a couple years, I would say. Yeah. So tell us, tell us about it. What What are your plans? You doing like hundreds of episodes? What do you got in the pocket? Uh, so fun fact, behind the scenes, we can't hear this as it's playing live. And right. uh, watching me talk on there, that's a really long time of watching myself talk in silence. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wow, I should shut up now. Uh, yeah, so the frame one, first off, I got to give mad love uh, to Nick Donlin and his wife, mm-hmm. Lindsay. They came down from New York all the way to Virginia, drove down to film it. Nick's been editing it. Um, and so I've been really hands-off with the creative side, which has been really, really nice. Uh, goal-wise, uh, I'm hoping to shoot for eight episodes, one a month in 2023, uh, launching sometime in spring or summer depending on sponsorships that kind of stuff and then i want to bump that number up to like 15 to 20 for 2024 so that's it whole goal is to explore the emotional journey that studio owners freelancers influencers uh experienced during their early years of their career going from full-time employed to freelance from freelance to studio owner to help inspire the next generation and Darlene's probably like, okay, now I get what it is. We should have shown you the video before. Like, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to see the full thing, man. Tell Nick, come on, yeah. get to work, Nick. Come on. <laughs> get, get At this point, it's, it's more waiting for the sponsorships to come through and stuff. And ah. uh, Jags, I got to give him some love, too, because Jags is mm-hmm. also giving a hand with this as well. So it's, I'm excited. It'll be, yeah. it'll be really cool. So everybody so in the comments, let me know if it was... Sponsorships. If you're watching, if you're watching come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you know? um, I, I failed to mention uh, Matt. The reason Matt is not here, he's at Disney World. Did, did we did we say that? He's there for his birthday. It was his birthday. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Should we all take a moment to sing happy birthday to Matt? We'll think it in our heads. All right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, fun fact, it's somebody's birthday every day. <laughs> I did not know that. Crazy. Now I do. Um, So yeah, so we've all got stuff uh, we're going to show off today. Uh, We're you know we're graphic artists, so you know we always got to be selling ourselves, right? You know, like what we're working on and things. So uh, now it's my turn. I'm going to show something I worked on. I'm really proud of this. I have been in this industry making things for other people for so long. The occasional daily and things, right? But like. Mostly I'm working for other people. Mostly I'm talking about other people's work, but I haven't had a chance to actually make my own thing. So I finished a thing last week and so I'm gonna show it off. You know? Gotta gotta you know, push myself, right? Here we go. Here is my entry this is actually I guess I'll give some background. I had done a short piece that was a few seconds long earlier in the year and I really wanted to expand on it. I had an idea for it, didn't know how I was gonna do it. The Minerva challenge thing came out. I'll say, hey, I'll, I said, hey, I'll do this with the Minerva stuff because it, it will work with what I had in my head with what I wanted to do with this. And then at the same time, I needed to do a lot of pyro and I was starting to use TFD and I'm like, you know, I keep hearing rumors about Maxon doing this pyro thing. And if they do, I'm going to jump on it in the middle of this piece and see if I can make it work in that time. So I used all the new Maxon pyro. So. It also helped me finish my demo reel. So this had many functions for me. Um, and I spent about 11 days over the period of a month absolutely just not sleeping and uh, putting this together. So uh, without further ado, here is Minerva Z. So Dave, out of that entire process project, what was the most difficult thing you had to tackle? Oh, God. Man, that's a question. Um, I had many crashes. 
And I don't really blame anything except for myself for being ambitious, overly ambitious with what I was trying to put into one scene. Um, the pyro was not that bad. Um, I don't know. It was just the time crunch, I think, was the hardest thing. Like trying to make it happen in a certain amount of time, you know, with some of those those pyro scenes and caches being huge, like three, almost 300 gig of of caches you know vdb files all of that uh making things explode that aren't exploding right using advection <sighs> the list goes on i'm going to show it after sean's presentation in colorado i'm going to show it off and maybe take some questions for like 10 15 minutes or something and um i do plan on doing behind the scenes so if you follow mograph dave on instagram and if you follow zeta uh dot art uh, I think the tag is Zeta Renders. That's the handle on TikTok. I'll do some behind the scenes. I'll show all sorts of breakdowns and things and things that, you know, challenges, things like that. I feel like I could do like a hundred TikToks on it. Like I could go through each scene and show like things that I learned. It was a huge uh, learning experience for sure. So yeah, I'm 11 glad days. Was that a Was that a self-imposed deadline or is that just what it ended up being? Well, Kitbash is having a contest and the deadline was oh. on the second and I was like Got if it. I'm going to do this I would like to enter it into the contest I'm really doing it for me but I would like to at least enter it it's a free pack that they were giving out for the contest and I'm like well you know so it it was good for me to have a deadline I don't know about y'all but like if I'm going to do my own project and I don't have a deadline it just never gets done <laughs> that's why I, I have that. Same way. you know I feel that <laughs> so um, yeah, but uh, so that's that. And we have now, one more video to watch, right? Darlene's demo reel. The best video. Why we're all here. Our guest of Mostly honor. Mostly updated. <laughs> I hope that this works. We we snuck your video here in the playback at the last second. So if something doesn't work right, don't sue me. All right. So let's, uh, let's check it. this out. Here we go. Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and, of course, Octane. But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs, and we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com, from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community-building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. Nice. Very nice. Thanks. <laughs> For anyone that's not sports oriented, NHL is hockey. So, fun fact. Wait, what? Yeah. It's all NHL. Tampa Bay Lightning is hockey. Just making oh, sure that anyone not familiar knows yes. yes. what we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gra yeah motion graphic designers league. are, you know, we're not big sports fans, right? We're, we're not very physical because yeah. we sit at our desk all day, you know. So, might not know what sports are. <laughs> um, so, um, so we we showed off our stuff, and now we're going to dig into all of your stuff for the rest of the episode. Now, um, if you are listening on audio, I apologize because you just heard us play a bunch of audio stuff, and so you're going to have to get online and like check it out. Uh, we were talking <laughs> about this before the show. I guess I, I don't think a lot of people realize that we do this show on YouTube, and you know, you may you have a handful of people listen watch live. You have maybe like five hundred to a thousand people watch after the fact. But there's like 30,000 people that listen on iTunes. And so we try and make sure that we're not being – or we try to make sure we're descriptive when we're talking about things, you know, so people can kind of understand when they're like driving to work and stuff, you know. And um, so make sure that you go check out 
this reel uh, online and uh, so that you can follow along and you know what we're talking about. Um, so we're going to dig into everything, but before we do, you just got back from Art Basel, which is awesome. Yes. Um, yes. I didn't realize you were there. Uh, I didn't see you in any of the B reels this week, so I, you know, um, I saw uh, I saw Minor. I saw uh, who else? Dryzen, you know, um, you were watching. I didn't right? follow it at all. Really? Nope. Maria <laughs> was I am, I am there. in the dark. You haven't been on B reel looking at like what Maria and everybody's posting. I saw. I just figured they're walking around New York. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> uh, Byron, well, hang- yeah. Sorry. I was hanging with all of them actually. Macnor, Maria, Byron. See, you weren't in the photos. See, so I didn't know you yeah. were there. Kind of hide from the photos. But <laughs> I have several photos. I just, I have, I just got back last night, so I have to start sharing my own. Um, How but was that's it? It was amazing and overwhelming for someone that's new to it. So. I'm still processing everything I got to see in the past three days. It was definitely one of those times where it's like you're having too much fun, like it just flew by. And so I'm going through my pictures now even like, oh yeah, we did this on Friday and that was so sick. And oh, this was Saturday. Oh, and this was on Sunday. Um, But yeah, that was mind blowing. Just like the art installations to see like physical stuff and the digital artwork, just like, everywhere you look like you mm-hmm. can just be walking on the sidewalk and there's art on the sidewalk like it's like literally everywhere it was a huge like phenomenal vibe that i definitely want to go again next year how uh, well actually did you did you see a lot of pieces of people you knew you know like i, I know i saw like a photo of Brodor's blockbuster thing like on a big led wall I, I can't get a sense of like where things are when i'm watching on social media like yeah you know so well, it was literally everywhere. <laughs> um, so I did say uh, Blake's piece mm-hmm. at the what was it called? Meta, Meta something. Like they took over two blocks of downtown Miami, and like there was just the galleries and stuff everywhere. So I saw her piece, which was amazing, and got to see her as well, and she's phenomenal. Um, trying to think, there was just so many. Saw a couple of fuck render pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, was he there? I don't know. It's still going I on, right? I, I think it ended yesterday. Oh, it ended yesterday. Okay, I cool. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'm sure I saw several. I just can't think of a few right now because there's that, just that many. I um, saw, um, I think, Blue Woods, who's in the chat sometimes. I saw, um, some, uh, saw a picture of that somewhere. I don't remember where. Um, who else? Who else? I, I saw a video from Shams of Winkleman doing his thing, you know, being crazy. And uh, I, I think that's that's all I remember seeing. But I'm, I'm looking forward to to hearing a lot of stories, especially this week going into Colorado. The Arievs mm-hmm. are going to be at the meetup and, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure we'll hear all sorts of fun stories. Yeah, uh, you're I not going to have fun at all. I got to see them, too. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Victor Dimitrov was there too. We're all yeah. hanging out. It was like very good vibes, very good vibes. So you'll definitely see some stories throughout the week as we like collect everything and airdrop and share all our videos. Right. Like there's so a few that I'm still waiting on. Like <laughs> if you had to pick one highlight from the entire event, which what's that one highlight you you don't want to share with the rest of us? There's really too many, um, but the one I was just telling my roommate last night because it like blew my mind 
it was like an art installation inside the um, PAM Museum. I forget what the acronym is. It's like Perez something museum in downtown Miami. And it was like a illusion like ex- exhibit. So there was this like hallway that was just all painted black and dark. And then you walk in there and you're like, what is this? Cause there's like nothing on the walls, but you look down and it was a sidewalk with a sewer cap and everything. And you see kind of light peeking through on the bottom left. So then obviously you go down, you see like puddles of water, and then you look up under, and it was like a projection of just like a city street of like just apartments. So then that's when you realize the whole concept was that you're peeking up from the sewers. So that's then, cool. which okay. was cool. And I'm like, oh yeah, what's up, Georgie? So then all like all the it jokes came through is like, <laughs> everybody's like figuring it out at the same time. Like what's going on here? So that one kind of really blew my mind. So it was just more of that kind of stuff too, that experiencing it physically that stuck out. But yeah, there's plenty more experiences I just have to think of still. <laughs> no, that, that sounds super immersive, which is fun yeah. versus just, you know, seeing a piece sitting, sitting there. That's super cool. That's super cool. Yeah. I really want to go at some point, you know, maybe next year. It's just this time of year is tough, right? With the holidays and stuff. And, you know, I would love to check it out sometime because it, it really feels like a great vibe. But it also mm-hmm. feels a little bit different because these are people who came from – I mean, some people came from this industry. Some people came from kind of another – I don't know where they came from. People who got into crypto who weren't into <clears throat> motion design, I guess, before. And mm-hmm. uh, it sounds it sounds like it's such a great mix and such a great group of people in general. Everybody talks about how great the vibe is. So, Yeah, I had an amazing time. And shout out to Macnor, who's local and guided us throughout yeah. Miami because we would yeah. have been lost. <laughs> and Victor, did Victor get a, he got a, I saw a photo, he got a tattoo or something. Not there, but I think he just got his. Yes. Yes. He has a dope uh, full sleeve of his own artwork. Mm-hmm. And mad props to him for getting it done. Like, because at camp, he just had like his logo. Right. So, like, I think if you add up the time, it's like maybe four days total where you get a whole freaking sleeve. Ow! Which is savage and wow. pretty hardcore. But yeah, no, his tat's pretty awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, yeah. Any anything else in particular at at? Uh, oh, by the way, okay, basil or basil? I'm so confused. I honestly couldn't tell you. I've been saying basil, but I've heard both. <laughs> See. Um, like I, I know when people say actual basil, like the, the herb, the herb, the, the herb basil, that, yeah, they'll, they'll say basil. But I hear people say basil, like you know, maybe it's a European thing. I don't know, but I'm like, is, does that apply to this? Like, what is, where's the name from? What is the reason for calling it that? No idea. Am I just like uncultured? <laughs> I don't understand. You have to pick your pronunciation by how much flair you want to have. So if you want to be good old. Hot stuff, basil. Sound See, fancy. I feel basil. Like it's kind of like it's kind of like you know frou frou. It makes you feel more you know frou frou. Miami. Saying, no, just saying <laughs> yeah. basil. It's just makes it's just fancy. Like art I think basil. Art it's all about basil. the emphasis. Have you oh, been yeah. to basil? basil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The outfits were pretty out there too. The fits. Everyone was just going all out. Mm-hmm. No highly recommend nice yeah 
Well, what do you think, Dave? Should we dive uh, into like some of your your history here, Darlene, and Absolutely. check out like your stuff? Yep. Yeah. So, did a, a quick, not a deep dive, but graduated <laughs> art institute, uh, and basically immediately got a job as an intern at the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you've been there ever since. Yes. Uh, I'm curious because that's like a twenty thousand person stadium. Mm-hmm. Being there from intern your entire career, that mm-hmm. very first time, like you saw your artwork up on the board. I'm imagining it's a pretty cool feeling, right? Yeah, it's pretty wild. What was um, that like for you? Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite memories that I have um, from working. Um, one in sp- particular where it really just hit me, like what it is that I do, is uh, during one of our playoff runs back then. Um, it was just a simple, like, kinetic text piece. And, like, the whole purpose of it was just to get the crowds to start screaming right before our players come onto the ice. And um, so it was just, like, something simple, like, behind these doors, they can hear you. And then now, let them hear you. Super epic music, lasers, smoke. And then as soon as those words came up that said, let them hear you, like, all 20,000 people on it like like it was like when you're close to the stage at a concert and like your ears start getting like the ringing and the blowing out mm-hmm. and like that was the experience and that's just like when it kind of really hit me like okay this is this is why i do this and that was like a pretty epic feeling yeah because most of the time you're just downstairs at your desk with no right. windows yeah you know staring at the computer i was gonna um, ask you about that too because there's a feeling of uh, you're you're not the graphics operator live, I'm assuming, right? You're you're doing the animation and somebody else is running it. Yes, though I have in the past, not oh, anymore. Okay. Um, and that's really stressful. I'm more stressful than getting your work on time. <laughs> it is it is very stressful <laughs> yeah. trying to do live stuff. And um, it, I used to do some tours, and during some of the breaks, we would do you know the same kind of graphics on the screen. It was with the lo- whatever local. Uh, show we were with it was a little different than doing like sports graphics but I do remember doing stuff like make some noise or whatever and I was also the operator and there was this weird feeling of power you hit the button and then all these people scream like just the <laughs> feeling of like making something and then people are like responding to it is really yeah that's really my fun. Yeah, that's yeah. Pretty cool. yeah that's right yeah. that's right <laughs> the way my boss likes to describe it is that we're making memories and that's the way we approach it like we're just creating that memory to last for however long because you know not everybody goes to every game you know for some person that's just the one game they go to that year so it's like we have an opportunity to really create like a really great experience even though it's just a a hockey game at the end of the day but um so then yeah you get more for your money you have a good time when you're there and then it's a whole team thing it's not just us it's like the concierge where you go buy food and customer service everything like we focus on creating that experience for whoever comes to the stadium that's something my old boss actually used to bring up a lot when we were on the road because you would do a bunch of shows right you know number 40 of the year or something and you're worn out and you're tired and he would say just remember this is the first time any of these people have come to this show you know um and yeah it's about the experience right you know you want them to have a good time Uh, you might get kind of bogged down in the day-to-day and forget yeah forget that when you're super tired and your render's crashing and you know Mm -hmm. all the things so um i want to go back to school just a little bit though Mm -hmm. um because i'm going to assume like many of us you didn't you know at five years old say hey i want to do sports graphics um 
there's always such an interesting journey of everybody for the most part, like getting <laughs> to where they are. The, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you would never, for most people, I, I would assume they'd say they never imagined that this is how they would get where they are. So yeah. um, how exactly did you start the path to get to where you are right now? I would definitely say uh, as a kid, I drew a lot. I went through a phase of drawing horses because I really loved the movie Black Beauty. <laughs> All right. So I remember, I remember focusing that. on like their joints and the hooves. I had to just get it just right as like a teenager. And then I went through a phase, like I think everyone kind of does this too, where you keep rewriting your name and like different fonts, except you don't know it at the time that you're just creating fonts with your name. Um, so I went through that phase too. And also went through... Uh, I don't know what the proper name is, but when you the the clay that you can put in the toaster oven and like you can mold it into stuff. Oh yes, I know. The, yeah. it's like kind of a white substance, like a white. Yeah, or color. Yeah, you oh, can buy it. An color. Fish yeah, and I yeah. I used to I made I went through a phase where I make little frogs for fun, and I would just give them to like family members and friends. Nice. And then like after that, I just kind of like started dabbling in like different mediums because I just loved making stuff. So like I went through a phase of like black light paint so you could like like appreciate it with the black light on so i did kind of like um andy warhol style with like different colored mushrooms and neon colors for the black lights um i did uh like self portraits i've done uh random stuff for friends like i had a friend hit me up to paint on his converse chucks and it was uh two pokemon i wish i could remember which ones they were <laughs> it was we'll the purple guy with the teeth. Not Haunter? Pikachu. It was Seen that uh, one, one of, no. one of the villains. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, he was purple. That's all I remember. <laughs> I don't want to spend an hour. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> and then even random stuff. Uh, I had a friend actually commission me to do Sharpie art on his motorcycle. So oh. he had bought like a, a white road bike. So I remember having pieces of this motorcycle case or however you call it in my room, in my lap, and I'm just drawing like abstract stuff with a paint marker. Um, That's super cool. I've so got like, a bus if you want to come do that same thing. Yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> I gotcha. So like I, my journey has been like up and down a little bit, just like random. Like I just kind of like like to explore and just play around and just see what I learn. But um, it seems like you've always been involved in the art uh, yeah. realm in that right. way though. So yeah. going from a physical medium to a, a digital one, what was that like for you? It was kind of overwhelming. I remember in college, because I eventually, when I just started just going to college, I just took every art class I could take. And then when I was at the Art Institute and learning more of the technical stuff for digital, I remember thinking about even specifically 3D, because they trained us in 3DS Max and Maya at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I'll do this for class, but I don't think I can do this. I'm not about this texturing and modeling. Like, get out of here. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd rather like stick with my 2D space and just do it that way. But then, I don't know. I just eventually like started exploring with it more. And like, by the time I was done, like I had learned about Cinema 4D, like doing research as you become a senior. Like, oh, where do you want to yeah. go? You know, do your research in the industry you know, focus on where you want to go and like learn about that specifically. And that's how cinema came up. So then I started self teaching myself the Cineware and After Effects is how I got into it. But it yeah. was so much 
easier than 3ds maya and 3ds max mm -hmm. so i'm pretty sure that was probably the realm the range where i was like starting to gravitate to 3d because i just I, I love creating just like environments and just messing with the models and the lighting and make it super dynamic and like moving inside the space and then eventually that's what i gravitated to but how did you decide to go to the art institute because you were taking art classes but like how did you decide oh you know this is what I should get into I should go here for this reason um well I first started uh doing just research about what I should even do because I did go through a phase where I took anatomy and physiology and failed <laughs> which is pretty epic because all you have to do is memorize body parts <laughs> that's how I learned I was like you know what I need to stick with art because this is not <laughs> for me um so I eventually, I don't remember how, but I started talking to a counselor at the Ringling College of Art and Design. And like, I just kind of explained my background. Like, look, I just like to draw, paint, but I'm also like huge TV addict. Like I love sci-fi, horror, fantasy. Like this is what I'm into. And that's when, I wish I could remember his name, but he's like, I feel like motion design and visual effects is something you'd like. So that's kind of where it started. Mm -hmm. And then a year after that, I just kind of ended up gravitating towards Tampa because my mom already lived here. And then it was just more cost effective just to go to Tampa. And then um, I, that's where I've been for the past eight years, I think. I've moved up here in 2015 from a, a little small town in the middle of Florida. And so uh, yeah. tell me, how long have you been in, in your position at this point? How many years? Um, well, I'm currently the creative motion graphics manager, which is actually just a few months old. Um, but I've been a designer for the Lightning for the yeah. past, like, five years. Five years. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So what is a typical day designing for them? Like, what is your typical day like I would, doing sports I would graphics? They lots of last-minute things. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because the, the thing, the killer about sports is that it's very fast paced. So no matter how far ahead you plan, there's always something else that's going to come up. Like, for example, this past week, I worked ahead to make sure I was good because I knew I was going to be out a few days. But then the captain of the team reached his 1,000th point in his career, which is a big deal. So mm. it required a whole full new set of graphics that one of my team members had to step up and create just in a matter of like two days so it's really random but on average just as we plan ahead we know all right on this date we're playing against the detroit red rings so we need to have all this stuff specific to detroit ready right. we want to promote this for wendy's or something or sponsorship needs us to promote this so mm -hmm. we're going to build this out but then there's also stuff oh december 14 and 16 we're going to do christmas so Every single thing we built during the summer has to be transformed to look right. Christmassy. So you work for like the immediate stuff, but then you also work ahead on the random stuff. And then what makes it random also, it's like sometimes we help our video guys or the social media team. So sometimes it's the 1920 by 1080 or, you know, we're a sports arena. So then it's all our LED ribbons, right. like uh, 17120 by 36. I know. It's I'm like sure this like, <laughs> gigantically wide thing by like a couple pixels. Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, it's quite random what you get with. Talking about those tight deadlines, I think I read somewhere like 
the 2020 season was a little bit of a time crunch because you guys didn't know if there's going to be a season. Yeah. Mm. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. What was that like? Very stressful because, like, you already know, like, you're going to be a certain amount of busy every year because hockey season starts in October. So usually we are crunched during August and September to get everything ready. But because of COVID, obviously, we didn't start in October. Like, we didn't know when we would come back because there was a whole thing you can't have crowds at all you know so there was a stage of time where it was just the players playing with very few people in the arena so they would start feeding like crowd noises to make it kind of sound normal that's funny which was totally wild and then us as you know kind of like live production we were kind of still there anyway in the background just making sure everything was okay so Mm -hmm. just seeing that was just kind of strange but and then they staggered it out by, oh, a thousand people can be in here, two thousand people can be in here, three thousand. Right. But even then, we just didn't know. So we typically know by, like, say July, what our look's going to be, and then we start building it in August, September. So at the end of December, we didn't even know if we would start. It would have been January. Obviously, since we didn't know, the look wasn't finalized then. So, like, you normally have, like, three months. And I remember then it was like, holy shit, we have three weeks to get Gosh. this all ready. And, like, I remember sitting in the office. Some people were kind of chill, like, all right, we're going to start here and here here. And by then it was just me and one other kind of just uh, knocking out stuff, my buddy Nash. I just remember looking at it and I'm like, we have two and a half weeks to get this done. <laughs> Pretty sure at that point anyway, I've been yeah. like, I've got to go change my underwear because that's yeah. that's stressful. Yeah, nothing oh, improves yeah. performance yeah. like the last second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way I see it, no matter what I do from now on, if I ever leave sports or whatever, I am ready for any situation because I've been through it all. <laughs> do you have to plan ahead, too? You were talking about, like, he was about to hit his thousandth, thousandth point. Mm-hmm. Were you planning that ahead of time, or did he already hit it and you were doing, like, a tribute? Do you have to plan ahead for that kind of it thing? It was plan ahead. Um, my boss caught, like, the stats. They were like, oh, in this game, there's a chance that he could hit a 1,000. Oh, in these past two games, he got six points alone. So, mm. in theory, he would get a 1,000 this points. So, we kind of knew to prepare, and then... We never do things simply as much as we'd like to. So my boss is a madman, but he's great. So more things will get added to make it into a whole big thing. And it ends up great. From from what I understand, it turned out great and got great compliments and stuff. And it like went off pretty good. Um, is, there I was, ever a, I don't, is there ever a point when you're uh, in a situation like, okay, we've, we've got this idea. It's almost built. You're adding more on top of it. At what point are you just like, okay, we've got to, like, scale back a little bit. Or is it just balls to the wall, let's get it done? No, you definitely have to reach a point where you're like, okay, we can either do this or we can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which one's more important to you and we'll do that? Like, I've had to say that a few times, but most of the time we'll get the most important part of it done. And if we're good, even on game day, like hours before the show goes live, if we feel like we can push it, we do. Or we'll do stills. Or, like, I've done it before where I'll render out a PNG and then I'll just, like, make it just scale up or go up and down. But since, like, for me, like, I work in 3D all the time, it's easy for me to put a nice bevel on it, a nice metal that I know that works and reflects right, nice HDRI, 
and I make it look expensive, like my boss yeah. likes to say. Yeah. And, and then it's like, you wouldn't know it. You know, we just made this in an hour. It's all right. But we so planned this the whole time. <laughs> with that in mind, then, you must be delivering renders like hours before the show starts. Uh, anytime that that's kind of bitch you in the butt a little bit? Oh, yeah. Uh, there was one time, thankfully, it was just like an extra thing. It was for Halloween last year where just things just kept adding up. It's definitely like death by a thousand daggers sometimes. And we have these screens we call the quads on the concourse area. And they're like a huge wall of a screen. And I love them especially, especially when we do themes because it's a photo opportunity for fans Mm. that like I think it's so cool. And I think we're definitely pushing that more this year too to have those ready ahead of time. So it came to Halloween I was just too swamped and it was a render obviously we render those out in 4k and like it rendered out maybe half an hour after doors open so it was (laughs) just too late for the guys to put it up which is totally understandable yeah and so it's it just depends so there is a point in the day where you're like okay what's gonna get seen more what's more important what has more grandiose attached to it or is it something that's gonna be up for 15 seconds that's just a still. It's we're gonna live. It's okay. Right. Most people won't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, Paul says coming from WWE, he feels your pain. I'm sure he's dealt with yes. that a lot too. Yes, um, we've seen things. <laughs> I've done a lot of live graphics and a lot of sports graphics, but not a lot of live sports graphics. Um, yeah. Something that uh, one of our clients says a lot of time is premium textures. You know, it's kind of a mm-hmm. joke that that an ongoing joke that we have is premium textures, right? Um, mm-hmm. These sports graphics packages have to have like this polished look to them. They've got to keep up with the times. It's something that we work on um, a lot doing stuff for uh, for Madden. Is it you know there are trends, there are things that mm-hmm. change. Sports graphics always do tend to have like this kind of like shiny metallic you know look. metallic yeah. truss and you know all of that but some of the stuff you know kind of like if you look at uh, thursday night football uh mm-hmm. you know there's a, a lot of stuff that's going to kind of a flat look so so how do you kind of keep up with trends how do you do, do you look at other sports packages how do you keep things fresh and how do you come up with new ideas in in an industry that kind of has a look to it you know yeah um i like the hands a lot um, I feel like there's a lot of inspiration there to pull from. Um, there's a, a new uh, package from ESPN. I think it's just from this past year, which is phenomenal. Like I use that as my inspiration for this year's look. And it's more of like a high res 3D with super dope 4K textures with just like 2D text. And that's kind of like what the trend is now mm-hmm. and like where it's going. Uh, according to um, Eric Say, I met him recently at a sports mm-hmm. conference that he yeah. spoke at and that he touched base on that actually. And it was like um, pretty mind blowing because he showed us that and I was like, all right. So it's uh, kind of like word of mouth or when you see what another team does, you kind of get inspiration from that too. But the big driver for us specifically too, and each team is a little different um is that we change our look every single season so like the one season after we won the stanley cup like our look was metal you know shiny metal just kind of like an ode to the the cup but then like this year it was see the thunder so you're trying to physically see electricity and thunder 
which was a great concept but really hard to pull off because it's like you know you're right it's mostly shiny and stuff but here it's like grungy and trying to have like displacements but at the same time we're building out templates so like i really Mm -hmm. need this to export out in four minutes i can't be waiting half an hour when i need like 30 of the same template to be exported out um so it's kind of a blend of like kind of what's trending by what we see also based off of what the creative looks like from our marketing graphic design department and then just kind of what works for what we need like this year it's a 3d environment with 2d text because that just works like in the past we've used element 3d text but it just started crashing too often Mm -hmm. and then it would bump up our render times to 15 20 minutes which is just brutal when you need like 10 different titles for the next game it's my title and I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Say, by the way, uh, gosh, love his. And he does this full time all the time. Sports graphics for lots of people. Just yeah. if, if you've ever seen any of his breakdowns, him and I actually have kind of an ongoing um, thing that we talk about now. We talk about um, the whole concept of are you living in a simulation? all that stuff he's a really great guy if you ever have a chance to sit down and talk to him about this type of thing if you're interested in sports graphics um but yeah check out check out his work um yeah i got to talk to him in nashville actually um no he's a pretty cool dude yeah and i, I saw that they just did a package for the world cup for telemundo yeah. which was pretty sick yeah we you know yeah. we we had a conversation though and uh, about like batching stuff and all of that right and um i've had to do a little bit of that i don't know how much i'm interested how much you have to do uh as far as like batching do you obviously you play a lot of games and you Mm -hmm. play all these different teams do you have a bunch of graphics that are like okay we have to have 20 30 versions of this because it's got to be every single opposing team or are you doing like custom stuff for each game like what is the balance there um well it's definitely templatized mm-hmm. and it's only custom if it's a special game so like we have hockey fights cancer every year so we have to do everything in lavender so that would be specific to whatever team we play that day um, I see. okay but on average uh yes like are we call them matchups so that's mm-hmm. one of the ones i personally work on where it's in the same look and I actually built it out with Xrefs, which I learned from you guys when I was on the 3D Motion show, <laughs> um, where I have the Xref attached to the opponent logo. So it's mm-hmm. easy for me to go in, change it, and then I just change the colors and some extra stuff that I have in the project. That's great. And then the brutal thing about those though is the whole arena aspect of it. It's not just for the center hung, it's for every single LED ribbon Mm -hmm. and what we call our IPTV system. So like all the TVs throughout the arena, all of those need to be changed. So, So and that's something actually I touched base on in my, in the presentation I did is where I use pre-comps so that I can just change the logo once and then it changes it throughout all my boards and then just change a few things that it's just custom for whatever the look is. And then that's like one of the projects I work, do my best to work ahead on. Like, for example, I knew I'd be out a few extra days for Art Basil, mm-hmm. so I built out like three ahead. But that one also, like the the um, the main board version, that one's a five to six hour render because it's cinema. But then my ribbons are like four to seven minutes a piece. 
So for those, I tend to leave those rendering overnight, and then I come back the next day, finish it up, and then I'll transfer it to our guys. So are like you, we have a game tomorrow, and I'm already good with those. Are your ribbons uh, do they do they loop? Is it just a certain chunk, and then it loops around, or do you have to do the whole ribbon? It's the whole ribbon except for one. We call it our upper ribbon, where it's also meshed in with the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So it also depends on the moment in the show, right? Because it's a live show that runs for two and a half hours. So usually there's a point in our pregame show where we go full black. And so we have like a really nice ambiance. So then that one, if we're building for a piece in that section of the show, then it's a full seamless loop. Um, but on average, we do build out one where we have to leave that chunk open. But it's all templatized in a project that we've been using for years and just right. updating as we needed it. Is the is the playback thing for the the boards as antiquated as some of the ones I've seen? It's it's really funny. Like, if you go look at a lot of these computers running these uh, ribbon panels, it's like video toaster, almost. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely very accurate. <laughs> you have to render in like some yeah. obscure codec from 1985 or something, you know. Yeah, not, well, not really, recently but. they've been updating our stuff slowly because that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like our center hung alone, I think, is over 10 years old and we hate it because it's a weird shape, um, mm-hmm. but it's what we have. But uh, mm-hmm. our guys have been doing a great job of upgrading our control room um, over the past year and are continuing to do that. Um, but now mm-hmm. our DAC system was recently updated, I think, a year or two ago. And now we can uh, export MP4s. Ooh. For- our dude up there. Fancy. <laughs> exciting. Living yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It doesn't have to so be how many Microsoft screens? AVI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It was for a while. <laughs> so how many screens around the studio are you guys actually uh, rendering out and projecting to? Um, I would say the normal amount is like 12. Okay. 12 but different templates do, rendering. Yeah. We do have a project that reaches, I think, 16. And then for playoffs when we add in the ice projection because we are friends with dangers.ca um they're an ice projection company Mm -hmm. and they usually bring down their stuff and then that adds like five or four more screens yeah i wanted Um, to dive in and talk about that because uh projection Mm -hmm. mapping is kind of a fun thing how involved are you in that process very very involved actually yeah talk Um, about it because like for us like we always go above and beyond um, so we add an extra 15 minutes of stuff that we normally do just for playoffs. Um, so we do have a, a good reputation for having one of the best of the shows. Um, no pressure. So, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're also always trying to like push that level. And then ice projection is definitely a part of that. Like We're not blessed like some teams that have it year-round. Mm-hmm. But it kind of makes it nice and more special that we don't. We only use it when, you know, knock on wood, we're in the playoffs. Yeah. And then even then we're super dramatic where we start with just the ice. But if we make it to the next round, we'll add the scrims on either side of the center hung. And then the, if we make it to the third round, we add the corner scrims. So then, then you're like, what is that, like four or five? But some you can reuse the same template just depending on the design of your project. And then if we make it to the final, we add lasers, we add like a chandelier, it's like a whole thing. So that one is like 15 minutes. We kind of have a formula where we know, oh, can hear this section is a 30 second countdown. We're gonna need it for the ice and the center hung and the ribbons. 
But then this section, this is a video pump. So we're just gonna need the ribbons made or we're just gonna use dark clouds so you don't have to worry about this minute. Or like for me, um, we started working with Bo Williams, um, a rapper based out of LA, originally from Florida, who's amazing and uh, worked with us for the past two playoffs. And this, just this past playoff, he made a song for us, which is great. And we then took that, made a video and then a whole ice portion. And that was pretty stressful because, you know, you're trying to animate for all the boards. You know, we have them come in live and you have the ice, but you don't want to take away from him because obviously the center hung and his performance is the most important part. So you have to approach it as like, what's an accent? Like this is a concert and design it in that way. Is um, this a custom song, like a fully custom song or is it one yeah. of those where they they changed a couple words and put in the no. name of your team? No, uh, no. This one, this most recent one, is called Thunder and Lightning. Thunder and Lightning. Uh, he designed for us, and like it was amazing. The fans loved it. Um, it's on YouTube. You can check it out if you want. Um, I heard the guy. Then, you know the song, the Nope song. You know, it, they play, of course they play it in the Nope movie, but that that song, it's like Nope. Yep. No. I don't nope. think I've heard uh, that one. No. Uh, it's just funny because I, sorry, I sidetracked you. I just, I heard You're a good. version of that song that was like for a sports team. And it was like they changed oh. one word. And it's just so funny because it's just, it sounds so templated. But. Very obvious. Yeah. yeah. No, it, that's what's so great about what he made too. Because that was a concern where it could be like, oh, I'd be a little cheesy, you know, like lightning. Woo. But like, no, the song itself came out really great. So that it, it made it easy to animate too. But, the year before that, we used a song that was already made that he was gracious to let us use. Um, so yeah, I would say like when it comes to playoffs, it's mostly graphic heavy with video added in. But then it's not just us too, like we're a whole squad. So we've got our people on the ice, we've got our lighting guys, you know, who puts out the haze, the smoke, and then everyone directing the cameras or on headset, like it's a whole thing, a huge so team effort putting all this creative together i imagine like in order for like the ribbons to match the the overhead the ice projection like that's a lot of details to keep mm -hmm. track of and keep them in sync together so mm -hmm. when you're designing how do you keep that in mind like okay mm -hmm. this is going to happen here this is going to happen here mm -hmm. how do you how do you design that as a creative whole as opposed yeah. to one render output yeah do you have a playback well, system so you can kind of watch all these pieces together or something or Yes without no, without both. having to like you know play it in the arena you know um well what we do is uh, we we bring in all our pre comps into one large comp and kind of make a rough like map of the whole thing yeah and that's how we try and test it out so it's all in sync and then yeah. what I like to do is I take the audio track and I put the markers on it in After Effects and then mm -hmm. I label the markers and then I even color code them just to help my sanity you know like this is the logo loop, here's gonna be the text, here's the verse. So then I copy right. that same audio track and put it in all my pre-comps. Oh, okay. And make sure yeah. it's all in sync. And then when I'm done or get to a good spot, I'll put it in quarter view, it's important, right? Um, and then play it back uh, like 15 seconds by 15 seconds, because it takes so long to pre-render, mm -hmm. especially if it's like a full minute. Um, and that's kind of how we check it. And then we get to a point where we'll render out roughs and then we always test everything live when there's nobody in the building. Right. So it's a combination of both. 
And the back to the X-Ref thing, because I was noticing that James, <laughs> he has, like, the the skull X-Refs. Dead. Everybody, everybody hates X-Refs, but everybody loves X-Refs when they are very valuable to them. Like, yeah. I can tell you, like, doing X-Refs and combining it with Dropbox is a beautiful thing. Because, I, you know, you were saying you do logos that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I can imagine... I mean, this applies to any project. If if you've got like some sort of like placeholder XREF and it's referencing a file on Dropbox, you could have a, a a coworker or somebody working on that logo or whatever the thing is, and it's just going to appear in Cinema. So, um, it's very it, it's been around forever, but people don't talk about it much. I don't know why it isn't more of a thing, but I mean, super valuable. Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't know about it, so you guys told me about it. <laughs> See, <laughs> and that was only that was like a yeah. year ago, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use it for all of my my matchup related projects. I use XRFs. Yeah, James, James says when they, when they work, they work. Yeah. What they yeah. don't, the crypto scene, they destroy. Well, yeah. actually, I dealt with that. I accidentally corrupted a scene uh, just a few weeks ago where I copied a texture, but I think I copied it from the main Cinema project, so I copied the XRF that came in that was imported and okay. it crashed my project oh. i couldn't even open it and mm. i i went through a whole phase where i just realized it was that texture inside the project but then because whatever i did it like corrupted the original xref so i couldn't use it anymore Dang. so then i had to make a fresh xref so it was just like a lot of copying pasting and just keeping mental track so now it's right. working <laughs> i've never but, heard of that issue That's, and confirm yeah. yes be careful. <laughs> well, my solution for that then is make sure that you're saving your XRefs and your projects straight to Dropbox because if it does corrupt, you can right click, go to history, and pull it back a version or I'll any backup software, that. you know. Yeah. Or save incremental versions of your project. That too. For sure. That's my go to. Always. Always <laughs> yeah. do that. I have had some instances, though, where it's like I did a whole bunch of really good stuff on a version of a file. I came back to it, I started working on something else, and that corrupted. And I'm like, two versions ago, I didn't have all that other stuff. And Dropbox is great, you right click, version history, restore, you might lose five minutes right. at work, but you know. You're convincing um, me. Yeah. I'll have to try now that we need out. Dropbox as a sponsor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there was another question. Oh, I wanted to ask you about the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Now this is Stan Lee from Marvel, right? Is that oh no, yeah. Stanley? Oh, Stanley Cup. See, motion Marvel. designers and sports. Uh, <laughs> so you got to you got to see it. You got to touch it. Yes. Uh, you even have a photo, which is awesome. Um, am I correct in remembering that you have rings as well? Yes, I do. That, oh, I you're wearing it in the photo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. I think that's the. Yeah, that was the second one. So I only had the one ring at the time, but I have two. So how two does rings. that work? Like everybody who's on the team, I guess, mm-hmm. gets one. Do you have to like buy one? Is it not? Uh, it, is it not like as pricey as the ones that the team gets? Is it different or is it the same? Yeah, all of those things. Okay. <laughs> so they did it in tiers. So obviously the players will get the most important ones. It's all diamonds. It has. The thing that swivels off and then it says more stuff underneath and then like the executives got a tier as well and then all the full timers got a different tier 
So we don't have the swivel. Obviously, we don't have the diamonds, <laughs> but everything else about it is real. It's white gold, sapphires with cubic zirconias. And then below that, they did an option for part-timers where those you had to pay a, a small amount for. Mm-hmm. And then the ones they gave out to fans. So it was in different tiers. I love that, though. I yeah. love that you know, you're included if, even if you're not actually playing the sport. Yeah, it's, yeah, that was... You know, yeah, it was different. It was fun and very appreciative. So from what I understand, not all the teams do that. So we are lucky to have a really amazing owner in yeah. Jeff Finnick who uh, helped help that happen. Um, him and his family actually designed the rings. And the second ring we got was the design that wasn't chosen the first time we won, which was pretty cool. Um, That's interesting. It's just cool just, that they include yeah. you in that. They just recognize that yeah. you're part of the team and that you are also yeah. working hard, even if you're, you know, not making Puck go far. Yeah. yeah. Well, the way I, the way it's kind of described is like the players take care of what happens on the ice and then we take care of the fans and like the experience. Because like the more excited the fans are, the louder they are. And that like helps hype the players up too. So it's like this nice cycle. So that kind of where it comes from. Like, yeah, we're all, it's like one big team working together. I love it. When you started uh, looking for a job, was it always you wanted to be in the NHL or was it, you know, you'd go anywhere? Not at all. (laughs) It's just anywhere, really. But I just kind of lucked out at the time. um, They were doing internships. So we already had a relationship with the Art Institute. And then it just ended up working out that, they kept me on like they were willing to keep me on because everything went well and i've just kind of been there ever since but i never really planned to work in sports even though i did play it in high school um i played basketball and soccer and volleyball were you Um, a hockey fan growing up at all no not at all (laughs) (laughs) but i am now actually i can legit say hockey is a fun sport to watch we have a, a local yeah. team up here that I love watching. I don't know how many leagues of hockey there are, but I'm pretty sure in order to to qualify, we'd have to be like after the letter Z because, <laughs> you know, local teams in South Dakota. But no, that's super cool. That's super that's cool. Yeah, I did a country tour and I was not a country fan. And then I was a, con- I was a fan of that music at the end of it. I'll say that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> When you kind of get thrust into a, a genre you're not used to it, or that Exposure. you don't know anything about, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I know a lot about uh, George Strait's uh, mythical uh, uh, life that that he sings about through his song. I don't know how much of it's true or not, but nice. see myself uh, catch myself humming country. I never thought I'd do that. Um, that do 90s you, stuff, man, it's addicting. Yeah, so do you wa- <laughs> do you watch hockey now? Like, like will you put put it on? Like, if you're at home and you're like, oh, hockey's on, we put it on. Yeah, but I am biased. I'll only watch a lightning game. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Um, Diehard fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't... I've just, you know, got to have love for the team, the home team. It's research. Other than, yeah. Other than <laughs> that, like, I I don't have other favorites other than if I know somebody who works for them, then I'll be like, all right, yay. <laughs> go Sharks. Go Vase. <laughs> only if they're not playing us. Right. But, Yeah. There's times where I'll I'll put on a lightning game if they're out of town and just have that playing as I'm like just messing with my own personal work at home or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. Uh, Mark is asking about alternatives to X-Rafts. See, we're getting the X-Rafts combo now. Uh, oh there's Redshift Proxy... There's uh, Orbix files. I use Orbix files for uh, really complex, um, like, octane stuff if I'm bringing in things from other scenes. But uh, Orbix files are really good because they're very light. Uh, so, yeah, Orbix, Redshift Proxy. Yeah, there's there's alternatives out there. We have options. Yeah. Um, something I did last week was uh, um, I needed to Boolean some buildings that were that came from CAD. There's no way I was going to rebuild them and they're a mess because they come from CAD so they're going to be 24 million polys a piece or whatever. Um, brought in Orbix files so that they were light as far as referencing and then I used um, what's those those uh, uh, I forget the name of them. They're, they're like Boolean they're Boolean shaders in Octane so you can just create like a cube and just move it through it and 20 million polys just boolean no problem like butter anyway um let's see i've got uh, a couple other questions for you here too some of them we already hit um i was going to ask you a little bit more about tools um obviously cinema 4d mm -hmm. um you're rendering in redshift right yeah, I do Redshift at the Lightning, and then whenever I do my personal work at home, I use Octane. Oh, okay, cool. Why the shift? Well, I actually learned first like the third-party renderers do Octane just because it was easier mm -hmm. um, and more cost-effective for like my personal work. Right. But while messing around with that, like I started, you know, learning the value of you know utilizing your GPU. That I actually pitched it to my boss at work, like. Hey, you know, I think it's time. Like, we update this seven-year-old graphics card and <laughs> update our software. So I actually use Octane to help, like, kind of show the differences. Like, oh, if we use physical renderer with this old graphics card, it's going to take, like, 60 hours if we want lightning clouds versus Octane. You know, it's like a fraction. Right. And then eventually um, it got green-lighted, uh, survived COVID cuts, which I'm so grateful and we upgraded to 3090s, and then we nice. ended up getting Redshift because we already had a license with for Red Giant, because we used the Red Giant suite as well. So mm -hmm. it was just easier to tack on Redshift to that. Yeah, and that's how I ended up working in both. <laughs> that makes sense. 
and and I mean that is the that is the strategy for Maxon, right? Like the uh, one stop shop, you just get the Maxon one and you're good to go. Easy right? ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are you guys rendering out just on your local machines then? Or do you have a render yeah. farm you send everything to? That's what to? I was going to ask. Yeah. No, we're we yeah. we not blessed with a render farm. <laughs> so it's definitely off of our own PCs. And just depending on if it takes really long, then I'll just split a render. Um, we have four stations specifically for mo motion design, um, and but unfortunately not a render farm yet. Got it. Got yeah. it. In the future. Someday. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other tools that you use, though? I mean, I feel like all of us, for the most part, were like Cinema 4D, After Effects, Redshift mm -hmm. Octane, Red Giant. Like, are there any like weird off the beaten path tools that you find oh, yeah. yourself using? Oh yeah, we mm -hmm. use uh, the free version of Animation Composer a lot. It just has a lot of like simple okay. animation presets that you can do for free. Mm -hmm. Like we like to use those. Uh, like say we're sponsoring, we're promoting a, a concert coming, which is like just quick and easy. It only runs for like fifteen seconds, so we don't really need to like put too much thought into it. So then we'll just pop simple animation presets on them and then render them out because then that's five. Actually, it's a big project. It's five is that Mr. Four. Horse or no? Is it yeah, something? Mr. It Horse. Is? Okay. Yeah. So it kind of helps us a lot because, like, for example, when we promote a concert coming, we promote it at Amelie, but we also promote it at USF, which we also oversee some of their operations. So then we build for their boards too. Um, so that ends up being, like, almost 30 boards. So that's when we tap into stuff like Animation Composer, where it's just like, all right, we'll just put this on here real quick, customize it, and we're like done in just a few so hours. Out the door. So mm -hmm. that's like a random one-off, especially if you get a last minute project that comes in, same thing, like, oh, we have to build for the full in-house, you know, and that's 16 boards, just use Animation Composer. Um, so of all other my than... plugins, of all my plugins, Mr. Horse's Anchor Point Mover is one of my favorites. I cannot nice. open After Effects without it. Yeah, I use that one all the time now too. That was one of my buddies showed me that too, and I'm like, "What?" Right? <laughs> is that like, is that like reposition anchor point? There's yep. one yeah. that I have. For, okay, yeah. Yeah, like I like cut out a piece of a logo that I need, and then I just hit that, and then it'll like center it based off where my mask yes. is. Yes, um, that is so, so valuable. Super like, clutch. Yeah. yeah, I've I've and tried then, a couple of the other ones, and I just I don't know. I just I got <laughs> love for Mr. Horse. I didn't know Mad Mr. Love. Horse had that. I, I have reposition anchor point and from I got it on AE scripts and I, I, I'm sure Mr. Horse has the same thing where you could say center or put it on the bottom or top or left or right, you know, but that just saves because you know the old way of doing it. Ugh, okay, crop it, get anchor point, move anchor point over, no reposition. Uh, it's, Ain't nobody got time for that. We've got <laughs> deadlines got to hit. I got bronchitis. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, another random, I don't use it often, but I have tapped into Substance Painter, just depending. Mm -hmm. um, like this earlier this year, we did stuff for Gasparilla, which is a, a local, think Mardi Gras, but with pirates that take over the city. Um, it's nice. actually pretty cool. It's called Gasparilla. I more. Happens every year <laughs> in Tampa, and people dress up as pirates and get drunk the entire they wear day. Beads? Do they have pirate yes, beads? beads? There's a whole parade. It's a whole shebang. Beads and, for uh, booty. Beads yes. for booty. I was gonna make the joke. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah, we were we were faced with a challenge that, and we were faced with the same challenge actually in January. Is that we have a hockey game on the very same day, 
So it's like, oh, how do we convince oh. these people that have been drinking all day to come to a hockey game? You know, and they started drinking at 11 a.m. Um, but it was super successful, and our marketing department came up with just a illustrator vector of a Jolly Roger, which was uh-huh. pretty cool with the skull with the lightning logo and two sabers. So then, oh, okay. like, we we really wanted to go over the top because it was our first Gasparilla like themed event period, and like. Um, they were like, we want this to be badass. I'm like, all right, I got you. So I was like, all right, well, let's make a real one. Let's make a 3D version. So then that's when I had to tap into substance to kind of just match the color palette and then make it look like the lightning logo was a part of the skull versus using ZBrush, which I did tap into that too, actually. Um, so I was able to like, the skull had like gold on the on this edge of the bone plus the, the cracked skull. A logo on its forehead and then the sabers had the lightning and em- like embe- embezzled on it the the hilt was like a lightning bolt kind of so for that specific look i actually tapped into zbrush a little bit and substance and like i even went as far as making a doubloon a pirate doubloon mm-hmm. and i i took the there was two logos designed one was like a steering wheel from the ship and then the Jolly Roger and like made it either side of the doubloon. So that was a combo of ZBrush and Substance Painter and then finally exported out of Cinema 4D with Redshift. <laughs> then to be composited for a logo animation or whatever in After Effects. Do you use a, a pen for that? Do you use like a, a tablet for the Substance and ZBrush stuff or? Um, well, I actually have, a, well, it's my own. I have a Wacom Cintiq at home. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just used, started those projects at home and then just transferred them to myself to finish out the post at, uh, at the arena. There's There was uh, a, another themed event you did, which was the uh, Jurassic Park uh, uh, logo. I want to know more about that. Yeah. Well, that one, um, Luis, Luis Miranda did me a solid. He um, shared a, a, like an animation rig of the dinosaur. Um, so it was just like the uh, skeletal rig, and then yep. I found just a free model of the actual skeleton. So I had to put my um, rigging hat back on and repaint weights, which is you know my favorite thing. Um, but it ended up being pretty Ooh, yeah. easy because I originally learned it in Maya in college, so it was my first time doing it in cinema. So thankfully it wasn't that hard, and then I was able to tap into that uh, to make that logo because it was our '90s night. So yep. obviously Jurassic Park, also one of my favorite movies. Um, I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool if we kind of redid the Jurassic logo as the lightning logo. And it just kind of all went together. And then that was probably like my second or third project using Redshift because I was also learning Redshift at the same time. Um, so I really liked how that came out. I found your doubloon. found your doubloons. Yeah, I love my yeah. doubloons. That's awesome. The That's super yeah, fun. There's like, it, you know, I got a Cintiq to do, to learn ZBrush or whatever, but I got to say, uh, using the Cintiq for Substance Painter is fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. It feels so good drawing on, uh, on the models that you're working on in Substance and just really getting, you know, it's not, it's different than, it's different than modeling in ZBrush. It's, it's, it feels more like. A painting experience right yeah like you're painting figurines or something and i just I, I don't get the opportunity to really do it as much as i'd like and um it sounds like a, a lot of fun to be able to have a job where you can really dig into something like that because it 
it's that um, that tactile thing. There's something about that. And yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've used I'm, Substance for exactly one project, which was my little mushrooms guys that I, I made, oh, I don't know, <laughs> a month ago. And it was, yeah, it was like you said, it's addicting. It's fun. It's, it's really yeah. enjoyable to get in there and play with the details and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Still learning it, but yeah, it's fun to use when you're in there. And I agree. It's, it's nice to, it has like a natural feel to it, which I feel like could also like just open up more doors of creativity as you're going through it and like exploring with different techniques and stuff with all the masks you can play with. I love substance. So any chance I could like utilize it for something, I usually do. Yeah. Um, I, I need to, I need to find a good reason to use it. And it's, you know, like, don't you ever have that, like, there's a new program or a new plugin or something that comes out and you're just like, I want an excuse to use this, you know? I guess that's what dailies are for, but. My my other frustration is, like, I need an excuse to pay for it, like, to justify the extra cost. That too. Like, I, I don't want to buy it and let it sit in my desktop for six months. Yeah, yeah. guilty. I got X-Particles <laughs> last year through yeah. Black Friday and haven't had a chance yet to fully, like, mess with it and make stuff. Like I keep trying, but it's like so difficult when you're trying to learn something yeah. and you have the visual in your head, but you don't know how to make that visual. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with X particles right now. So that's yeah. another random software that I'm trying to use. <laughs> yeah, it's always, I mean, unless something is familiar enough, like it's really hard to jump into something in a client project or in a work project like that, unless you're, unless you open it and it's like really intuitive. You know, um, yeah. like, uh, you know, like the like the Max on Fire pyro stuff or or whatever, right? Like, uh, I opened it up. I was like, this is either going to be really easy or really hard right now. You know, it's like, do you use this in production? Um, I think that happens a lot of times with people who are like, oh, well, we got this client and they want this thing, and I'm doing an X particles, but you know, it would be really so much better if I did it in Houdini. And it's like, do you really want to yeah. learn Houdini right now? Like for you know, one project. Yeah. Uh, so personal projects, I guess, are are really fantastic for for doing stuff like that. Just to, you know, you're not in so much of a time crunch. You know, you could always mm -hmm. just abandon it if you don't like it, right? <laughs> yeah. No one will ever see how bad this actually is. Right. <laughs> Did you um, find it uh, easy to use the pyro? Oh, so easy. Yeah, but I, I do have to say I came from doing TFD, so I I already knew how to do that. Like it just it really depends. There's kind of a there's a weird learning curve in in learning curves. Um, like for example, if you've never used Cinema before or any 3D piece of software, right? And you're going from After Effects, there's going to be more of a learning curve than I guess if you're going from like Cinema to Blender or something, right? It's like well, I, I already understand. XYZ and things. By the uh, way, Blender's free. What? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like I just picked it up because I already kind of knew Pyro. I f but I feel like I picked up TFD in the first place because I knew a little bit of X particles. And X particles has a lot of those same, you know, I mean, you got wind and turbulence and, and all the things, you know, so it kind of depends on... Uh, you know, uh, some people are really good at that. Brandon Clemens, for example, like is so good at just picking up any freaking piece of software and just like learning it. I don't know how he does that, but there's there's an art to being good at learning how to use things like that. Great uh, technical mind. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, that is something I do not have. <laughs> oh, sure you do. 
sure you do. See, I, I have the opposite problem. I'm so technical that I'm not a good artist. That that like I feel like if it, I talk about this all the time, but if there if somebody comes to me and wants to to learn how to or not learn how to if somebody wants to do something and they say this is what I want to do, I can sit and do that. But you ask me to come up with stuff on my own, it's really hard. I don't know if you all. Well, that's have that why we problem. have Mid Journey now, right? <laughs> it's helped me big time, but, right? You know, it, it's it's people who can do one or the other or like be or do both of them are very very uh fortunate mm -hmm. you know um that whole blank canvas syndrome all of that um speaking of which do you do you do that does like do you sometimes get like some sort of um prompt writer's guess, block or something and, and hit the writer's block on that like uh put a cube in cinema and there's a cube mm -hmm. i don't know what to do next how do you what just like do, you know in general or just like for lightning specific well, or like either well stuff? i mean yeah I'll, i guess more specific to lightning but like you know um hey we got this new thing coming up this week we got to have a graphic for this and mm -hmm. how do you brainstorm on that and come up with something are you working with the team how is that process um, I do work with a team. It just depends on at the time, whatever comes down. Like if we're all at max, uh, we do try and sit down and brainstorm stuff. Um, other than that, we kind of just have our go-tos obviously because we're the lightning. Usually we have to incorporate electricity somehow or clouds or something blue, white. Um, so what I've done in the past is like, I'll just search just to see what's out there for any type of inspiration. And then a lot of the times, especially over the past year, like I'll do sketches on my iPad because I love Procreate. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of have like style frames set out that way and I'll show it to my boss and like, does this vibe with you? Is this okay? Because this is going to take this amount of time if you don't like it. <laughs> like, well, and then kind of just mess around. It's nice that you have the drawing background too, because if I were to do that, it would be stick figures. I'm sure yours are probably a little <laughs> bit better, at least if it I, involves horses, right? Yeah. No, I got you with horses. Yeah. But no, I <laughs> I sometimes do do just do stick figures because I don't. We don't always have the luxury of time, so it's like, right. oh, does it have to look perfect? No, we just have to be able to like get that idea and the concept out. And then sometimes we'll just write it out on the on the um, the whiteboard, and we'll just get opinions from the video guys or whatever. And like, hey, does this seem cool? Is there anything else you can add? You think we can add? Um, so, on average, it is a team effort. But there are times where I have to take the reins myself if we're all busy, and then just figure it out because no one else is going to. It's like all on me type of situation. Um, but then, like at home, I honestly you can get inspired by anything like if it's a song i like and there's like this sound and i was like oh that'd be really cool if like a skull was doing this during this or i like to use my my own house decorations like i have this like thing i bought for halloween and i'm like been looking at it and i'm like you know what this would be a cool 3d render of mm -hmm. like a sand thing with cool. a snake on it so oh, like yeah. yeah that's like a future idea right there it's just mm -hmm. like you know, you can pull inspiration from anywhere, really. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, you have some horror-themed renders uh, that I've noticed <laughs> browsing around. We should talk about that a little yes. bit. Yeah, and, sure. And keep going. I, I have to use the restroom. I can't wait. So just keep going. <laughs> All right. No pressure on me, then. Uh, I was just kind of hoping he'd be able to pull up graphics and that kind of stuff. So uh, <laughs> why horror? What, what got you into the horror realm? Has it always been there for you, or...? 
Talk to yeah. me about it. Well, yeah, honestly, it's always been there for me. Um, I don't know. I just kind of liked it because it was just kind of, at the time growing up, not as popular. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like a loner because I'm an only kid. So I'd spend a lot of time by myself. So I just kind of like naturally gravitated to the genre, just the weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I remember watching Arachnophobia as a kid. And this has now come to bite me in the ass. I'll preface with that because I knew my grandma hated spiders, but I'd always wait till a scene would come up with a close-up of a spider, and then I'd call her into my room, and then she'd be like, Tyler! Like in Spanish, <laughs> and then just walk away, and I think it's so funny. Um, so I was just a little asshole, but now I can't stand the sight of spiders, so karma got me good on that one, which is fine. That's kind of funny, I shouldn't actually. have done that to grandma at all. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I just always loved it. Like, like my one of my favorite Christmas movies is Gremlins. I love the Gremlins. I think they're cute. <laughs> and I love yeah. Gizmo. And was, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. There was there was a render you did recently, uh, which was I think the the Morticia was here piece. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping Dave can come back and pull that graphic up since I have no control over any of that stuff now. <laughs> Uh, but does it kind of describe it and walk me through like how you went from nothing to an Adams Family themed render? Yeah, well, one, I just love Adam's Family. Um, definitely vibing with the new series Wednesday that came out. Shout out shout to... Shout out to James. Yeah, shout out to James for that epic title intro. Um, so, yeah, like, I try when it comes to my personal work, just pull from what I just generally like. So, obviously, I, I love Adam's Family, and I'm not good with human models yet, which is one of my goals for next year. So, I just wanted... I'm always trying to like test something new like that I can't get done at the lightning because it's just so fast paced. So like how I get the balance because I also just love making stuff as a hobby. So I was like, all right, I kind of want to do like a gloomy scene with some volumetric light because I'm really vibing with volumetric light lately. So I was like, okay, let me do flowers because I love flowers. And then obviously the iconic thing, scene of her clipping the roses off was, you know, the thing that came up. So then I found like a greenhouse model that was free that I could customize. And then I just collected plants that looked like they would work. And then just kind of like started piecing it together. Then I was like, all right, well, she's snipping these flowers off. I should have scissors. So then I found a cool model of scissors off Sketchfab, you know, converted it into Octane and then just kind of like went from there. And then I always want to do like something dramatic and cinematic. So I made sure like the, the shots and the angles were nice, you know, mess around with depth of field and play with it but you know you're, you're always your own worst critic so even when i had the table set up i was like all right now i need some climbing vines in here i need this vibe or i even put and i don't know if you can really see it but there's like gravestones in the back behind the glass kind of like oh like if this was at their house there'd be like a graveyard behind it is this on your yeah. your Instagram? I'm, I'm one, which one are you talking about specifically? The Morticia, well, Morticia was, here. was here. It's like a, a vase. A vase. Yeah, it's a vase. Mm-hmm. Is it on? A uh, bit. Oh, it's on there. Okay. It's just it was kind of an older one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I, what I like about it is is the thought process you put into to hearing about that. Like, okay, there has to be scissors because of this reason. Um, <laughs> do all of your daily renders or your fun projects go through a similar thought process? Or is oh, it yeah. like, we just slap it in together and hope it works? Yeah, I, know, I want to be able to slap it in together, but I always find something new. I'm like, oh, it'd look great if I added this to it. Or I, I want this detail. 
So that's how I get caught up sometimes where I take too long. So I'm like, all right, I don't have time to make this detail right now, but I need it. So I'm not going to work on it right now. I have to wait till I have more time. Um, right. And this that's is a cool scrolling one too. Dave, the, Dave pulled up the uh, the troll or the Yeah, that's thing. one of my favorites. Thing. That's the, my first time using Mega Scans, Quixel Mega Scans. Mm-hmm. So I really like how the textures came out on that one. That was I was also practicing with Substance Painter too to get more familiar with the software because mm-hmm. I, I bought that hand model. It was like eight bucks off Trover Squid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I didn't like the texture. So I was like, all right, well, this is a chance to learn something in substance. So then I went in there and made it all green. You know, he's walking in mud, so I need to paint his tips of his fingers to make it look more realistic. Nice. And it just keeps building up every time when I do a personal step render. So that's why I don't post as many post renders because I'm always like not done. I'm like a super huge detail perfectionist when it comes to that. And I think that's just resulting from working always in a fast paced environment in Lightning. I don't always have the opportunity to do that. Right. So what translates to my personal work is where I take twice as long. Where I agree with Dave, it's good to have a no- your own deadline to keep yourself honest. Because mm-hmm. other than that, you'll just keep tweaking it until <laughs> yeah. no end. Forever. I respect yeah. that. Good my brain's the other yeah. way. I'm like, get it out the door. It's- it's done, and then six months later, I'm like, "Oh no, I, that that never should have seen the light of day." <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back and fix that someday, but I won't. Yeah. yeah, well, it's good to you know try and find a balance between the two, so you don't take too long. Right. Like I have one, I was I was playing with Octane Scatter last year, and I actually love it, but I haven't figured out how I want it moving yet, and then I want to add more details. So it's a year old project that's just collecting dust right now that I want to finish in the next few months. So you need a deadline. Need a deadline. Yeah, I need a deadline. Yeah. Eleven days. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, eleven days. Uh, what's today? All right, by Christmas. Oh, let's say by Christmas. Maybe. Looking forward to it. <laughs> um, we have a little thing on the show we call MoGraph Recommends, where we get your recommendations uh, for, of things that you like, things you've been enjoying, and uh, so we have kind of a little list here. I'm trying to move my mouse to my laptop. What am I doing? Got to use the mouse pad for this. Um, we're gonna we're gonna ask you these things, and you can give us an answer that is either like an all time favorite, or this could be a recent favorite. Okay. Um, you know, like for example, um, uh, we had Mitch on the show the first time we did this. Mitch Myers, his example uh, for life hack, which I'm I'm telling you this ahead of time so you can think about this. This is the last question. Um, it is his example is turn the toaster on its side for some bomb ass grilled cheese now life hack keep that in mind that's the last one think about that in the back of your head we're going to ask you the other questions first so you have time to also think about that it's not a real thing i feel like like double cycle wait to happen we'll see we'll see what i can remember okay um (laughs) so we'll start with the an easy one and we'll say favorite movie oh god um i have several but the one that i go to the most is the fifth element Ooh, I just genuinely love back. the fifth element. Yes. Love it. Lilo Dallas Multipass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it also is so personal good. works in the process. <laughs> when is part two of that movie coming? Oh, I wish. I wish. And and who's going to do it? Because it has to be done right. It has to be done right. Right? Can you, like, can you imagine like they redo it and it sucks? Like It would have to be so good. I, I'd almost just want to let it live, like as is. I know. As much as it, yeah. ah, 
I know, it's so hard, right? You want to kind of see what it would look like with today's technology. It'd probably be yeah. pretty fire. But I but, don't want to be let down. Yeah, yeah, 10,000%. Yeah. But it's possible, hey, Dune came out phenomenal, right? Yeah. And the well, first Dune movie wasn't that great. Isn't Bruce Fair. Willis like having some some issues right now, like speech issues or something? Oh, um, I haven't heard that. It's that it's thing sad. where you can think it, but you can't say it. Like you have problems. Uh, there's a name for it. Like he's having trouble speaking. Oh, uh, it sucks. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah I didn't hear um, that either. But uh, yeah, I would love to see uh, another version of that. Such a good movie. Everything about it, like yeah, no. uh, and the humor in it too, right? Yeah, it's just good storytelling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I am a meat popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and then the other question is uh, related. Uh, TV show, favorite TV show or series or, and again, I mean, you you mentioned Adam's Family. Are you watching the new? Uh, yeah. What is it called? Is it called Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. No, I, I, that took me two days. I'm already through it. Oh, I'm waiting funny. for the next season. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's a big one because I watch so much when I can. Like I just finished 1899, which was pretty cool. I don't want to say too much because I feel like it'd be easy to give away a spoiler. Ooh. Okay. But I, I highly that. recommend because it's definitely one of those um, where you have to think and uh, the CG and stuff. Like it looks beautiful. Um, let me think of an older one. Like I love. Well, I love the Evil Dead movies, and I also mm -hmm. enjoyed the TV series that came with that, um, Ash versus Evil Dead, which is cool if you like the horror genre. And then I also love sci-fi, so like throughout the years I've watched Battlestar Galactica, which was great. I enjoyed The Expanse, that one was great. Um, let me think what else was good. Oh, Altered Carbon was fun too. I liked yeah, that uh, one. I started wanted to see one. that one. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I didn't finish. It set my two two watch list for like six months that it's never never started. Yeah, yeah. Never, I'm never going to get the watch list ever. Like I, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I just canceled my Netflix though, so oh. my opportunities in the yeah. past. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. I was just yeah. tired of not having fresh content anymore. It's all yeah. just it's kind of meh. It's you just have HBO murder. Max. Yeah. yeah. What's that? You have HBO Max. I've got some good stuff. Nope. There. I have a Disney Plus Prime. And then we just buy everything on like Google Movies. Gotcha. Yeah. I was about to say Tokyo Vice on HBO Max is pretty good cinematography wise. Yeah. That was a good one too. And the title intro to that is sick. And then obviously Game of Thrones and House of Dragons. You nice. Get that. Oh, and I saw. Um, I saw. It, it's funny because I know Sarah Gibson worked on something for the Buzz Lightyear movie, and then just so happened yesterday what was i finishing watching i think it was the santa claus thing? no no it was the there's the christmas um oh god um i i like i don't watch marvel movies and things like um what's the one with the raccoon everybody's screaming at oh the right christmas now, special sure. with guardians of the galaxy guardians yeah. of the galaxy christmas special and i just happened to be watching the ending credits and it was like visual effects blah 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 and i just happened to be sitting there and i just saw sarah gibson's name like flash what i was, like, I was she like, got a oh, credit yeah that's awesome nice just happened to be watching it's yeah. funny like that's happened to me like three or four times where i just just a name just like shoots out in front of my face when i just happen to be sitting there um 
but yeah, it's it's fun to watch these things on Netflix because I swear we all have friends or acquaintances or friends of friends working on all of these projects, you know. So always watch those credits and just look through. You're going to see someone you know, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, That's so much fun. We're in a cool industry. We really are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. What about music? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my music takes is a little eclectic. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I love uh, lots of metal, rock, okay. uh, industrial music. Um, I've been really vibing with this group called Health. Just like, oh, you're healthy. Their, their name is Health. Uh-huh. Okay. And I just love even their social media. It's always just like a meme and like sarcastic or just like, this was great, period. And then that's how they describe something. So I actually got to see them. It's kind of like a cyberpunk vibe, electronic okay. vibe. Hmm. And it was amazing. And I just like kind of followed what their vibe is. I was like, this show was great. And they actually sent me a DM that just said, thank you, period. <laughs> Which That's was a like, fun sense of humor. I like so that. awesome. I love them. But then I also like love like older stuff like corn. I love nonpoint. Um, I love Lacuna Coil, which they're considered goth metal from Italy. They're awesome. I love their lead singer because she's a total nerd. She's always talking about video games or comic books on her social media too. Um, I usually bounce between those, but I have like my one-offs. Like I like Rosalia. She's a, a Spanish artist from Spain. Um, I do love me some Doja Cat songs. <laughs> and uh, like the neighborhood, I enjoy the neighborhood. Um, so yeah, it's a little out a there. Why genre? <laughs> Why get there? Yeah, um, I hate we... to say I'm not much of a country fan. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Dude. That's fine. Totally fine. I get it. I get it. Um, it's funny. We must have said Sarah's name three times because she showed up in the chat. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sarah, you got to come be on the show again. Tell us what you've been up to. I keep seeing all your fun things. And, and as much as you can say. As much as you're allowed yeah, to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's see. The next one on the list. Do you listen to podcasts? No, even though I should. I know I should. I haven't. If anything, I've like listened to like the Stress Relief music, which are labeled as po- podcasts. And that, that's like, about it. Like Is lo-fi? It like- yeah, I would say it's like lo-fi or just like yoga music, just okay. like chill out, trying to go to sleep type of thing. Yeah. Um, so no audiobooks or anything like that? No, not right now. Sorry. <laughs> what about plugins? What is your What is your favorite plugin that is not a render engine? Oh, that's hard. It's a hard one. Is it Mr. Like Horse? Ah, uh, yeah, that's an easy yeah. one, yeah. All right. <laughs> easy. Um, I got you. <laughs> what is your muscle memory go-to app? You pick up your phone and your hand just presses it. Oh, God. Spotify, actually. Oh, I am always okay. listening to music. Always. No matter where I go, that's the first thing I hit is Spotify. Nice. Okay. So do you do like um, like Clinton Jones with the uh, with the Aftershocks? Where you just have like music playing all the time. He does that. He he wears the the um, bone. Induction. Oh, the bone conducting. So you can still hear everything going on in work, but he has like oh. theme music playing all the time. It's interesting. No, I have put an earbud in at work, just one, so mm-hmm. I can have music in one ear and then like still hear if somebody needs me. 
Um, so do you have to it. have like people um, able to contact you at any given time while you're working? You can't like tune out. Like, are you in a shared yeah, no. space? Like, I'm in a shared space. So definitely, if something just comes up or like somebody just got an email about something and they know I'm around the corner, they'll just come up and start talking or. Gotcha. Or somebody's talking about a project and it's gonna involve motion. I usually like chirp up. I'm like, oh, you're gonna need this. Like by when? Once you're done lying, like. And then obviously I'm helping my team because they're all relatively new designers because I oversee a team of three. Um, they're starting to get more intricate with Cinema 4D and After Effects and just learning mm -hmm. how we do stuff at sports. So I want to always make sure I'm available to help them too whenever they need it. So I usually always have one ear open. <laughs> it's like sleeping with one eye open. Yeah. Ten thousand uh, <laughs> my previous jobs, trained people that I put my headphones on and I could never hear <laughs> anyone. But I'd never play music. I just have it quiet and pretend I couldn't hear anything. Oh, Worked yeah, out great. Nice. No one ever talked to me. Yeah. <laughs> Music's people a vibe. Leave you alone. Sure. It is a good way to keep <laughs> to have people leave you alone because like it's yeah. easy for someone to just turn around and be like, Hey, hey, you know, but if they know you have the headphones on yeah, I have to have big focused. headphones, though. Because yeah. sometimes if you just have the earbuds, I'll just start talking to you, and they have no right. idea. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, you got to get the big... These are for ones. show. Yeah. 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 And put the, put the bud large. in the inside. Like, put the actual Apple pod in there, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Princess Leia size headphones now. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, uh, James... I guess James paged Sarah... And now Gustav's in here, and he worked on uh, he worked on Santa Claus stuff. You got the who's who all stars here in chat. What's up with that? Uh, Sarah said that her cousin was trying to get more information, and she couldn't over Thanksgiving, so we we're we're not going to get nothing. What if I send you donuts? If I send you donuts. Can I like get anything? <laughs> Bribery. <laughs> all right. The all next right. one on the list. Do you play video games? Yes. And what do you play? Well, I haven't played in a minute, I'll confess, because I recently moved this year, mm -hmm. and my internet is shit. Um, but I like playing Call of Duty. Nice. And I played two versions ago. I'm a little behind. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Mm -hmm. I really like Team Hardcore a lot. Um, I used to play Black Ops 2. I did start my first-person shooter life using uh, Halo, actually. Nice! I played nice. a shit ton of Halo 2 in the day and Halo 3. Oh, and then I went through a Fable phase. I played all the Fables. I played all the okay. Bioshocks. And then the big one that took up a lot of my time, actually, is Final Fantasy XI. I played that rock solid for about seven years. Oh geez! Like built up like nice. eight wow. different classes up to eighty-five is where I reach. I don't know if that's the level cap anymore. And then I eventually transitioned into Final Fantasy fourteen, but I took it a little easier then because I was more focused on working and college and stuff like yeah. that. But I still have both characters, so I'll never delete them. Um, I love my samurai and thief and dragoon. If anyone that plays Final Fantasy, those are my classes. So I was never meant to save people as a white mage. Not my thing. <laughs> I know and, some of those words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do have Cyberpunk. I just haven't been able to finish playing it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. It was all the hype and I got it. And then it was like, meh. It kind of like. Oh, it's sad. Yeah. I want to finish it. I just haven't had time to sit down and finish. 
Yeah, Bioshock. Yeah. I, I Same thing happened with Bioshock. I didn't get to really play the other versions. The first version I did beat, that was freaking incredible. Especially when it came out. It was just, like, gorgeous, you know? Yeah. Um, That's why I thought about Fable. You just, should play Halo with us. You should play Halo with well, us. Yeah. Six is free. Is there an aversion for your PC? Because as of right now, yeah. I don't have a console. That's there is? Yeah. Really? And it's, it's cross-platform, so you can play. It's free, and nice. you can play yep. your PC with your Xbox friends. Yeah. Well, that's the not the yes cool. for me. I would love to play. Absolutely. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that our... We, we call it our team. There's a group of people that mm-hmm. generally will get on when it's time to play, I'd say. You know, maybe it's a group of 10 to 15 people that are just regulars. But we, I think, are up to, mm-hmm. like, 30, 35 motion nice. designers who like to play Halo. So you should Good definitely... Time. Oh. You know. yeah. If you get the chance to play Jags way on acid, do it. It is fantastic. <laughs> Jags on acid, yeah. It's where. No, I'll it's, look that up for yeah. real though. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. Install it, hit us up, let us know, and we'll we'll invite you, in you when we play. Yeah. Hell yeah, we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. All right. This Are we is to the, the life hack? Tough one. We're to the life hack now. And oh, this boy. could be this could be a funny life hack or something that's actually useful too. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think about it at all, to be honest. What's what? a good, like, production... <laughs> what's, a, what's a productivity tip you would give somebody? Because that's usually, like, a good, like, quote, life hack. You know what I mean? Do you have anything mm-hmm. you do for productivity in your day-to-day to get things done? Uh, lists, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know how useful this is, but I do uh, tell Siri a lot to set a reminder for me. Okay. Especially when I first hear something, I'll be like, hey, Siri... Set a reminder for tomorrow at 5 p.m. that you have a podcast to 12. <laughs> and you just stopped everybody's podcast just yeah. now because their phone just picked. <laughs> Did I? No. Maybe. Oh. I mean, maybe. We'll find out, right? <laughs> it's Let funny. us know in the chat if your phone so, is now angry. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I actually do that a lot where it's just simple, even stupid reminders. Like, you need to return this item at this time or oh, yeah. call mom, set I'm reminder. Brush for, my teeth yeah. every single day. Yeah, so and I actually do that all the time. You can set <laughs> geolocations. You can say, "Remind me to do such and such when I get home," and it sees that you're yeah. home. Yeah, then it reminds. That's it's pretty cool. That's cool. But, I haven't tried I that. Leave home. Probably will do. Mm-hmm. But no, like okay. legit, I do that. Like you need to buy more bacon or chicken, and I yeah. set it for like, all right, I'm gonna leave work around six, so I'm gonna set the reminder for five thirty, so I'll see it and I'll remember it as I'm walking by the store. Remind me to bring home the bacon. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Reminders. Ask, ask Siri or whatever Android app I think does it too uh, to set your reminders up for you. Yeah, uh, it's you funny. Forget. That's kind of how we started uh, <laughs> hanging out with David Aryev is we were on the show talking about the Amazon dingus and uh, and talking about it all the time. And it would set his off. And he would email us about <laughs> all the times we're setting off his Amazon. And that's how we met David Aryev. It's kind of fun. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I got um, to meet him this weekend. He's pretty cool. I yeah, have not met him in person yeah. yet. This this week, I'm gonna go hang out with them. I'm gonna I want to check out their new uh, their new edition, their new studio. It's gonna be cool. I saw the the tour the one day he was on the podcast. It was yeah, pretty nice. Man. Halloween special. Yeah. Um, I have one link real quick. I know I, I've been not doing links a lot lately. Like I've been kind of just. I don't really post a lot of show notes and things anymore. I've kind of streamlined the whole podcasting process, but I'm going to try and do links again uh, as much as I can. Uh, just a real quick one. Um, Rococo 
came out with uh, an app thing to do motion capture body without capture, a suit without a suit without mm. with AI now I'm curious how this business model is going to work because they sell the suit so obviously the suit is got to be better than the AI but what happens if the AI does become better maybe this is a strategy to stay in the game right maybe your price of entry becomes much more affordable and you can sell more maxon licenses that way or go. in that style i should say and then maxon buys rococo oh boy i don't, I don't. <laughs> taking over <laughs> it starts with an r i'm just work. saying maxon everything with an r <laughs> change the name of my company start with an r maybe they'll buy me that's <laughs> yeah. all it takes that's all yeah. it takes um but yeah i was scrolling tiktok i saw sam pop up and he's like hey we got this new thing i haven't checked it out i have no idea how it works or anything yet uh, or even if it like you know integrates with anything that like their software i don't i have no idea so i can't wait to, to find out did you jump into the suit at camp darlene i did what'd you think of it that was fun no that was fun um especially when um he attached it to the the gorilla on the TV. Oh yep. Oh, I that didn't see the gorilla. That was wild to see. Yeah, it wasn't me. It was um, I, I think sure her name was Sarah. She was in the suit because he had three different suits attached to different things. So if he were in the suit attached to the big TV, he uh, put it on the gorilla suit. Um, I think there was a, maybe a samurai and like an unreal environment, which was pretty cool to see that happening like live. Yeah, I think was it Anthony that did a pull on backflip in the Rococo at camp. Oh, see, I missed oh, all of this. I yeah, missed that. It, was, it was legit. I wasn't there. I did. I heard about it. It was That's like the brave. Legend of Anthony. Like, yeah, that suit ain't cheap. Wow. I'm curious how well it tra actually tracked doing you know inverted flips like yeah. that. Yeah. That's cool. Was it a grayscale gorilla? The gorilla that you know. Honestly, you, I you, don't know. It just looked like a normal gorilla. You should have brought a. You should have brought Nick Campbell in there and then had him do a grayscale gorilla. Joint yeah, sponsorship nice. for the win. Yeah, nice. yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> any other questions in the audience in the chat? Do we have any other questions before we we take off? Got to get rid of the little spam, spammy spam up in here. You know, gosh, spammers suck. I know we're just so popular. Everybody's gonna come spam us. Whatever. Um. All the we'll bots. Keep watching, see if there's any other any other questions in there. In the meantime, um, where can people follow you online? Ask you a question, check out your work, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, well, Instagram, I'm on there most um, at dar .ival, which is just my first and middle name cut in half. So it's d a r dot i v e l, um, or my website, which is hyperlinked to all my social media. And then my email is good if you ever have a question, but mostly Instagram. I'm I'm on that the most. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I thought your idol was like a playoff of like evil and all like all the horror themes in there. So well, that works too. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was way wrong. That's okay. I like that description. That's the real reason right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's probably. Um up-and-coming artists or artists looking to move into different areas of career who would be interested in you know trying to learn how they could get into doing the same type of work so you know yeah. um, I'll just go ahead and tell them to contact you if that's the case yeah. I'm always open just to share yeah hit boom, me up boom. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we really appreciate you joining us and and Absolutely. such such a awesome yeah. job that you have. You know, really cool. Um, we appreciate you taking the time and sharing it with us and everything. Um, and Dryzen too. Thanks for thanks for filling in for Matt. Yeah, you know. yeah. My first my first <laughs> podcast, and uh, I didn't die, so it's good. It's a good day. Great. Yeah, he's out there <laughs> at Club Disney, you know, doing his Disney thing. I told him make sure nobody happiest place on earth. Make sure nobody slips him a Mickey. Huh? <laughs> eh? eh? No. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I'll give it to you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we're gonna get out of here though. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes. Leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. Help get our ratings up. You can subscribe on uh you know your podcatcher and it will be like hey uh the algorithm is going to push this up on itunes a little bit and more people can see it you know that kind of a thing um you can also subscribe to the newsletter which doesn't go out that much anymore so we won't spam you too much you can say you've been there done that got the t-shirt with the mograph logo tee the paul bab feel the bab 2020 shirt all the profits from that go to doctors without borders the render things t-shirt hoodie and long sleeve tee which you are wearing yes i am wearing my, I don't think you can see it, but Render, Render things. things. Yeah. Favorite shirt. Representing. <laughs> and the MoGraph Blandishment shirt. And, of course, the That Render is Fire shirt, which you are only allowed to wear, ironically. Unless you're Shams. <laughs> did you hang out with Shams? No, I did not no? Uh, get a chance to meet her, no. Cool. I heard she was a night owl. She was at camp. At she was running around yeah. camp. She was just, She was just very hidden. You yeah, know. I met her briefly at camp. Yeah. And, one uh, of those nights out on the deck and stuff. <laughs> just so many people. <laughs> we were all so many people in the world. Yeah. So many things. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she was really nice for the brief moments I chatted with her. <laughs> she's she's great. Cool. All right, cool. Well, we're going to get out of here, though. Um, thanks again. And until next time, I'm Dave. I'm not Matt. And I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye. It's pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast, industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SIGGRAPH, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame, frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software. Learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. 
Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it. We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.